Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can we turn to our neighbor and say Happy New Year? And let's ask them, are you ready for the new year? <laughs> ask them, are you ready for the new year? <laughs> are you ready for the new year? Um, I pray that this new year, uh, not that our lives are marked by the calendar of this world, but I pray for God's new blessing and for God's provision in His hand to be upon your life as we are here in the house of the Lord. And with that, uh, let me just pray for us. then let's get right into the message. Uh, Let us pray and bow our heads. The word of the Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Heavenly Father, forgive us, Lord, for living our lives by putting our ways before you, Lord, and putting our ways first. Lord, in this new year, and as we are on this final day, on New Year's Eve, I pray, God, that we will shift the path that we've been walking on, a path that has been filled with self-reliance, self-strength. But Lord, we humble ourselves to you this very morning. And Lord, we turn to you, Lord, And we submit to you with obedience. For you desire obedience and never sacrifice. Lord, you desire our obedience, our whole heart, and our worship to you, God. So I pray, Lord, that we will humble ourselves to you this morning. And as we end this year, may we give all of ourselves to you. And may the work of the Lord be done in our lives here today. And as we transition now to the message, I pray, Lord, Lord, may the words of my mouth and may the meditation of all the hearts of those who are here today listening to your word, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, O God, for there's nothing that can be hidden from you, for you know all things and you see all things. So God, we humble ourselves, we give ourselves to you, for we declare today that you are our, our rock and our redeemer, the author and the perfecter. the finisher of our faith. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We pray all these things. We pray all of these things in your precious Son. Jesus Christ, let me pray. And all of God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. 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 God bless you. Let's all take our seat and let's just begin by greeting our fellow neighbor at this time. And we're going to be continuing on with our Real Faith series. We're now on part 12. And I'm very excited to be sharing this passage with you because, again, today is New Year's Eve. It doesn't feel like it, but what a year it has been. And the Lord is good, and God has been faithful to us. And now let us dive in. to the Word of God that's found in James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. And the title of today's message is Two Types of Wisdom. Two Types of Wisdom. Let us begin. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 18. The heading says, Two Kinds of Wisdom. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, 
by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Amen and amen. amen. Now, wisdom is divided into two categories. It is man's or it is God's. It is one or the other. The word of God that we have is the wisdom of God inspired by the Holy Spirit And that is why we have the scripture right in front of us, the Bible that we carry, that we read. So the scripture teaches us that his wisdom is, meaning God, his wisdom is, was, and will always be greater than our own human understanding and our own human wisdom. For example, as human beings, we created many things, the wheel, discovering and controlling fire, discovering and controlling electricity, music, Right, we know about Mozart, Beth, uh, Beethoven, how do you say his name? Beethoven? Beethoven, right? Beethoven, a German composer. We know about flight, art, photography, videography, cinematography. We know about maps, stars in the universe, exploring the ocean, surface, and within. And the list goes on of man's accomplishments. It is amazing, especially when we walk around the city, we see these buildings. How can a human being accomplish such things? But it makes sense because we are created in God's image. We are creators as God created us. We see it even in Genesis 1. We show, the Bible shows us the wonders and amazing, the creator of God, the creation of God, the wonderful creator who created the world. In Job 38, God describes his amazing qualities and who he is and what he has accomplished in this life. Therefore, we as finite humans, because we are created in his image, we are able to accomplish these amazing limited feats because we are created, again, in the image of our Father. But as, as finite humans, we're not able to fully understand truly how big and amazing our God is. As it says in Isaiah 55, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. In my thoughts, then your thoughts. And it goes on, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. 
it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Amazing. Amen. People like Musk, Rogan, Peterson, all these men who claim to have much wisdom, they have nothing in comparison to our Heavenly Father, the wisdom that our Father has. So only in Christ are we truly wise. Only in Christ there lies true wisdom. Only in Christ there is true success and victory. And with that, James chapter 3 teaches us that true wisdom is marked by, what is it marked by? Point number one, a godly life. A godly life. He says in verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you, let them show it by their good life. In other words, godly life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. That wisdom there is not human wisdom. It is the wisdom of God. So again, true wisdom is measured by, so point, letter A, the content of one's character, B, the content of one's humility, and C, the content of one's actions. Again, it's all stemming from where? Not from my own good works, but stemming from what? From the creator, from the author, from the source. Who is the source? Is God. He is the source of this wisdom. And because of wisdom, we are able to live in, with character, live with humility, and live this life with godly actions. So all of the good things mentioned in, this, in these subpoints it stems from God's holy character, God's holy wisdom. And again, because we are created in His image, when we draw close to the Lord, we will adopt these characteristics and will be transformed in Christ. Because as humans, the sad reality is that by nature we are selfish beings. We are self-seeking beings. You guys watch the movie Train to Busan? Yeah. There's a scene, there's a character that everyone hates, right? That guy that throws him out the door, and then he lets the guy get eaten. He's like, oh, you go look, and then he throws him, and then he closes him. The traitor. But in reality, we joke about the guy in our friend group, like that's the person. But in reality, we are all that way. We are all like that individual. And in the Bible, we sympathize with Peter. Why? Why do we empathize with Peter? Because at the core of it all, you and I, we are like him. Peter, rash, the proud. He makes bold promises that he breaks. Lord, not I. Lord, I will never betray you. He jumps into the water. We relate with Peter because at the core, we are him. And it doesn't matter how tall we are or how short we are, how athletic we are, how strong you are. Because at the core of it all, in God's eyes, we are all the same. In other words, we all fall short of his glory. It could be an NBA player, jump really high, and be an old man in a cane, not able to jump at all. 
But in God's eyes, from his perspective, it's the same. It doesn't matter how high you can jump because at the end of it all, we cannot jump high enough to enter heaven. In his eyes, we all fall short. Ecclesiastes 7.20, it says, Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. It says in Romans 3, 10 to 18, as it is written, there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There's no fear of God before their eyes, continuing on, skipping forward to verse 22, Romans 3. This, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm going to say that again, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The world can boast about their accomplishments. The world can write books about their own accomplishments. The world can give you the Nobel Prize for your accomplishments. But in reality, unless you give yourselves fully to the work of God, to the humility that comes from God, to the godly life filled with character, integrity that stands from the image of God, there is no true wisdom. You could look smart. You could look good. It looks like you're doing good things. But in reality, we all fall short before the glory of God. In fact, when God sees us, and if our actions and our heart doesn't stem from God, when God sees us, we are foolish individuals before His holy eyes because we all fall short. Therefore, as Christians, we need to get off our high horse. And until we humble ourselves, we will forever live as foolish individuals for the rest of our lives. We can do good things, we can do good works, but in the end, we will always fall short. Even Christ himself was born in a manger. Even Christ entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey. We know the passages. We know Isaiah 53. I have it here in front of us, but I'm just going to read some parts will skip forward because it's long, but it says, He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Who is this talking about? Isaiah is talking about there's a prophecy of the Messiah that's to come. He's talking about Jesus. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Skipping forward to verse 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before a shearer is silent, he did not open his mouth. Amen. Amen. But we see in verse 10 that it doesn't just end with 
destruction and sadness. But we see that because of Christ's humility, it says God, he what? He will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, verse 11, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, his wisdom, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Verse 12, therefore I will give him a portion among the great. He will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And in Philippians 2, we see the exact story of Isaiah 53. And Paul, many years later, a different author, different individual, he writes about the humility of Christ. That he humbled himself. Let's go to verse 8. Being, made, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And then it shifts because he humbled himself, verse 9. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue knowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we, and we do all this because of Christ. We humble ourselves because of Christ, not for gain, but out of true obedience and humility. We do good works not to gain and to get something back in return, but out of surrender and love to our Father. That's why it says in Philippians 2, verse 12 to 18, continuing on with the passage, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue, continue to do what? To work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fall in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. In other words, when we truly live our lives stemming from the character of Christ, not for ourselves, not from my own good works, but for the Lord and in the Lord, then our light, the light of Christ within you, will shine bright like the stars, as Paul declares here today, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. So again, true wisdom, true wisdom is marked by, point one, a godly life. And from it, 
we get character, humility, and we live a life of godly, with godly actions. Amen and amen. Point number two. True wisdom is marked by a selfless life. A selfless life according to James chapter 3. Let's take a look at verse 14 through 16. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Verse 15. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly unspiritual demonic for you have for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you will find disorder and every evil practice again humans are selfish by nature we are not selfless a selfish life is exactly what the word implies it is self-seeking it is me first what I want to do first, what I desire to do, what my dream, my dream, it comes first before you, Lord. But so point letter A, not me first. We say B, second, C, third, D, okay, last. It's good. It's good to be last. We don't always have to be first in everything that we do. It says in Matthew 19, verse 30, but many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Matthew 20, 16, so the last will be first, and the first will be last. Mark 10, 31, but many who are first will be last, and the last first. Luke 13, verse 30, indeed there are those who are last will be first, and first who will be last. In every book of the gospel, Jesus says, the last will be first, and the first will be last. And the most amazing leaders that God chooses, that God chose in the Bible, were shepherds, herders. And we see Jesus as our shepherd. In John 10, it says, he is the good shepherd, the good shepherd and the sheep. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Amen. And amen. And all throughout, Jesus says, I am the gate of the sheep. That I am the good shepherd. And my sheep, they recognize my voice. And my sheep, they know me. And we see it all throughout Scripture that Jesus is our shepherd. And the amazing leaders in the Bible were shepherds as well. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, even David. Before he became king, he was a what? He was a tiny shepherd boy. A shepherd. And who did Jesus show himself to first when he first came into this world? We celebrated Christmas a few days ago. And we learned that when Jesus was born, the angel showed to who? The shepherds nearby in Luke 2. And it says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. The angel was telling these shepherds, the true shepherd, just like you, a true, but the true shepherd is here. He is the Messiah, the true shepherd, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. A selfless king, not a self-seeking king, but a humble king. So true wisdom is marked by a selfless life. And why do we live a selfless life? Because Christ lived a life that was not self-seeking, and he humbled himself. And because he humbled himself, God is calling us to humble ourselves today, to live a life that is selfless, putting others' interests first, not my own. And lastly, true wisdom, the wisdom of God, true wisdom is marked by a pure life, according to James chapter 3. Please keep in mind that I did not say just a sincere life uh, for this point, nor did I say a passionate life. Uh, Many people in this world are sincere. In fact, they're more sincere than Christians. Just because you're sincere and passionate about something doesn't mean it's always good because not all sincerisms or passions are pure. That's why we need to live a life that is pure. It needs to stem from where it is pure and holy before God. Then, out of that, we can be sincere and passionate, not for the things of this world, but for the things of God. Many people are sincere about their food, their video games, or the things of this life, and the way they work hard in their work, in their passions for things doesn't mean it is always from the Lord. But we need to be passionate, sincere, stemming from a holy God, from our Creator. The Lord wants us, the Lord wants you to live a pure life. And then from the overflow of the purism that stands from the Lord, and then in turn, we can live a correct, sincere, and passionate life before the Lord. So so point letter A, are you merciful or hostile? According to verse 17 to 18, are you merciful or hostile? B, are you loving or hateful? Letter C, are you compassionate or indifferent? In other words, are you cold or are you compassionate for the things of God? Letter D, are you selfless or self-seeking? Letter E, are you orderly or disorderly? Everything in your life, is it messy? Is it random? You only do what you want to do, not what you ought to do. Disorder, in other words, meaning chaos, is chaotic. And chaos occurs when we rely not in God's wisdom, but in human wisdom. Letter F, are you obedient or rebellious? In other words, are you prideful? Letter G, are you a peacemaker or a gossip monger? Are you a gossiper? 
You who have no control over your tongue, and with your words you don't encourage, you don't unite, but you bring division, there is a hurricane coming your way according to James chapter 3 and verse 17 to 18. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, what? Pure. It's pure. And then from then comes peace-loving. It is considerate. It is submissive. It is full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. But those who cause division will reap a harvest of destruction, and you will be destroyed by what you sow in your life. So again, all the good fruits we learn from James 3, it stands from the Lord. Not me, not I, never I, but it's from Christ alone, from Christ who lives in me. Amen and amen. Two types of wisdom, I pray that as we end this year and as we start this new year, that we'll rely on his wisdom and not my own. Because I understand after living certain years in this life, my own wisdom, my own way only brings about destruction. It brings confusion. It brings frustration because my way doesn't always work. But when we turn to the Lord with humility and we give ourselves to him, when we truly understand what Isaiah 55 says, what God says through Isaiah, for my thoughts, God is saying, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts? Let us live this finite life, not proud, thinking that we know everything, thinking that we have it all figured out. It's okay to not understand everything. It's okay to be limited. It's okay to be last. It's okay to be second. It's okay to be third. It's okay to lose because when we lose, that's when we will truly find the Lord. And God is teaching us true wisdom stands from him. And true wisdom stands from when we humble ourselves, it comes from our creator, not my own understanding, but your understanding, Lord. And I understand by nature that I am a sinner. By nature, I am selfish, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, when we understand our nature, we humble ourselves and we turn to him and we give ourselves, when we give ourselves to the work of God, he will lift us up. As it says in Isaiah 53, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, Christ humbled himself first. He sought wisdom from God first. And then the Lord lifted him up. The, The Lord exalted him to the highest place 
and gave him the name that is above every name. Amen and amen. amen. So with that, I pray that we would always live a life that my life and your life will be marked by the true wisdom that comes from the Lord, by living a godly life, a selfless life, and by living a pure life before him. Amen. And amen. And with that, I want to invite the priest team to please come up. And let us end uh, this year with the song, Psalm 84. And can we all stand to our feet? And out of reverence, and out of humility, and out of genuine worship before God, let us just remember what the psalmist says, and how lovely is the dwelling place of our Father. That better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. May we truly give ourselves unto Him. And as we're in the Father's house, as we're in the Lord's house this morning, let us worship Him in spirit and in truth. And as we worship and sing together, can we just surrender everything that we've gone through in the year 2023? All of our hurts, our pain, our struggles, even the things that we struggled with and things that we overcame, let us surrender it all, all of our victories and all of our failings, our failures. Let us all surrender before the Lord and give Him all the glory and all the honor. And I want to invite you, if you feel led to worship, let us worship. If you feel led to pray, pray. But let us worship Him and pray to Him in spirit and in truth. Let us worship and pray together. Oh, how I love to sing your praise.
Cool. 
Father, forgive us, Lord, uh, especially in the year 2023. Uh, we've lived our lives, especially this past year, uh, with our own understanding and with our own wisdom, Lord. In fact, if we look back upon our journal or if we were to keep a record, we have relied more on ourselves than we have relied on you. Lord, forgive us, Lord, for our rebellion hearts, O oh God, for our rebellion, Lord. I pray, God, that in the new year uh, that we are entering, as we're in this season, Lord, I pray that we rely more on your wisdom and that we will rely fully on your providence, O oh God. Everything that we have, everything that we have accomplished, everything that we have done in this life, is all, it all stems from you and you alone. And we take no glory, and we take no honor, but it's simply, Lord, a blessing that has been bestowed from you and from you alone. So God, with that, we turn to you, Lord, this morning with humility, and we humble ourselves to you today. And I pray, God, that we would truly, not just with words, uh, the things that we say, but truly from our action, that we will give all of ourselves unto you, Lord, that we'll be your instrument in this upcoming year, that we'll be your hands and your feet, and that we'll be your mouthpiece. Lord, help us to have great success in the upcoming year. May you be successful and be victorious and to overcome all the attacks and the temptations and the attacks of the enemy. And may we always overcome and be victorious in the tests that you give, O oh Lord, and that we will be like gold, refined as gold, refined as fire. Sanctify us, renew us, transform our hearts so that we become more and more like you or more of you and less of me O oh Lord that is our prayer for this upcoming year and just as Nehemiah and Ezra may we rebuild and build up the house of the Lord and have the same passion and be sincere before you O oh Lord in our work before you and may it all stem from your holy character, from a pure heart, our clean hands. Lord, may we worship you and do the work that you have called us to do. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We pray all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. All right. Let's close our service with our final closing song, The Path of Life in Jesus, and we'll close the service with a benediction. Let us worship together.
Amen. All right. Our final benediction for the last day of year 2023. And let us pray together. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you, and may he continue to give you peace. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing as well, and may he continue to work within you what is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen Amen. and amen. Amen. All right, God bless you. I love you guys. I'll see you all in the back. God bless you.